Gentlemen, this is a football. That is the voice of a legendary football coach, Vince Lombardi. And this is Stacy Julian with episode 60 of Exactly Enough Time. podcast is about being present. It is also about living playfully and other things like curiosity, awareness, and connection. I am a life enthusiast and a believer, and I love to talk about people, places, and things. Listen up. I think you're going to find inspiration for living your life and telling your story because you have exactly enough time. Vincent Thomas Lombardi was born in June 1913 in Brooklyn, New York. He became the assistant coach at St. Cecilia High School in Inglewood, New Jersey in 1939 and 20 years later began a head coaching career with the Green Bay Packers. You guys, he was named NFL Coach of the Year in 1959, the very same year he started. He won five NFL championships, including Super Bowls one and two during his tenure with the Green Bay Packers. But guess what? Guess what he's most known for? It's his preseason training. All of his players knew that at the first team meeting, Vince Lombardi would waste no time getting straight to the point. Many of the men half Lombardi's age and twice his size were openly fearful, dreading the encounter. The coach did not disappoint them and in fact delivered his message in one of the great one-liners of all time. Football in hand, Lombardi walked to the front of the room took several seconds to look over the assemblage in silence, held out the pigskin in front of him and said, gentlemen, this is a football. In only five words, Lombardi communicated his point. We're going to start with the basics and make sure we're executing all the fundamentals. Now, listen, I'm actually not really into football. (laughs) I rarely watch, but I love life. I tell you guys at the beginning of almost every episode that I am a life enthusiast. I want to live my life to the best of my ability and I want to improve my ability to live life as often as I can. And so today I'm super excited to introduce you to my coach Lombardi. (laughs) She is my life coach and her name is Jodi Moore. Now, before I cut to our conversation, I want to tell you how I became aware of Jodi's work. One day I got a call from my friend Lisa Berenson. And many of you know that Lisa was the founding editor of Creating Keepsakes Magazine. She called me and she's like, Stacy, 
have you heard of Jodi Moore? Do you know who Jodi Moore is? And I was like, no. And I just assumed she was talking about a scrapbooker. And she said, oh my goodness, I think she's in Spokane. I just listened to her podcast and she talked about moving to Spokane and you live in Spokane and you guys might be neighbors. She was so excited, right? And I'm like, okay, slow down. Lisa, who who exactly is Jodi Moore? And she said, she's a life coach. And I remember thinking, okay, well, super not interested right? But she said, no, you have to listen to her podcast. So I did. I listened to a couple of episodes and that's about how long it took me to realize that I wanted to be a part of Jody's membership program, which I have now been enjoying for almost two years. I love what you read when you go to jodymore.com and click on the about page. It says, Jody Moore is a woman trying to figure out how to minimize resentment overwhelm and guilt and replace them with happiness, gratitude, and joy. Jody is a master certified coach with the Life Coach School. She is also the host of a phenomenal podcast called Better Than Happy. You probably should stop right now listening to my podcast and go over and subscribe to hers because by the end of today's episode, you will want to also be a regular listener of Jodi. Pretty much the things Jodi has taught me, especially about managing the thoughts in my brain, has made all the difference to me and my business. It's been the reason that I found the courage to start this podcast in the first place. It's the reason I'm teaching online again. I have truly gained so much from Jodi. Now, how interesting is it that we recorded this conversation just before all of this upheaval around the coronavirus? It kind of feels like life is getting canceled. Every day when you wake up, you're like, what else are they going to take away from me, right? (laughs) Schools are closed. Churches are shut down. Even Disneyland closed their doors. Um, you know, restaurants and concerts and pretty much our way of life, right, has been disrupted. I really feel like the things that Jody and I will talk about today will help you work through some of the fear and anxiety and emotions that you are currently processing. We won't talk directly about the coronavirus. We might touch on it. Mostly, I want you to accept today's episode as an invitation to learn more about life coaching and to begin listening to Jodi. I know that the principles she teaches can change your life as they have changed mine. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I'm freaking out right now because <laughs> sitting opposite me is Jodi Moore, who is my life coach. I'm so thrilled to have you sitting in my office. Thank you. I'm so, I don't know why I haven't been here earlier because we're neighbors. <laughs> we are gorgeous. practically neighbors and now we just make yeah. pretty much everybody jealous. I know. And if you don't well, know Jody, by the end of the podcast, you'll be jealous. So I'm so thrilled that you would um, take time and come talk to me. So this is why there are lots of reasons why, but you are one of the reasons that I found the courage to start a podcast and then did it for a whole freaking year. I'm so proud of you too. <laughs> what episode are you on now? 50 something. That's 60 they, maybe. I heard a stat that most people don't make it past episode 40. Really? So there you go. See, you and made then, it. And I'm still, we could probably coach me on this. I'm still in this place where I sort of just publicly announced that I'll do it for another year. And so then my brain's like, seriously, we're going to do this again? It's not easy. But yeah. I thought, how do I make it exciting for the second year? And I thought, I want to 
have some big asks where mm-hmm. I reach out to people that mm-hmm. I think are pretty big in terms mm-hmm. of the influence they've had on me mm-hmm. and I ask them to come let me interview them so it's kind of does that make sense it's giving yeah. me some something new for the yes. to work towards which I think is important like freshen it up anyway love it so here's the deal if you're not familiar with Jody Moore Jody Moore as you know is a life coach because we introduced you mm-hmm. but um you have a fabulous, well-listened, is that a way to say it? Well-listened podcast, mm-hmm. like bajillions of people download your podcast. We just hit 10 million yeah. downloads. That's a number, I'm not even sure how many I zeros can. that is. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're not all just my mom, I guess. <laughs> your mom has a lot of friends. My mom downloads a lot, but... <laughs> um, so I am going to ask that my listeners find your podcast and listen to it. And when they do that, they'll become familiar with what you call the model Uh and how you help people and how you coach them. So what I want to do today is just share with my listeners a couple of the things that I have gleaned from you that you've taught me um, that honestly is kind of been life shifting. That's going to be so fun for me. I can't wait to hear. So I remember that I was driving to Seattle in my van when I listened to this particular podcast. Maybe you remember the name of it. You talked about, well, you told a story. We don't have to tell the story. But the idea was you told me it's not a big deal to be tired. Oh, that was life changing for me too when I learned that. (laughs) I was like, what? Come again? Rewind? Because that is something that throughout the course of my life, whether you're a mom with young kids or you're just a mom who's doing a side gig or you're Uh an older mom like me whose body wakes up at 2 a.m., you know, that was something that my brain liked to feed me a light. Like, oh, it's just, you're so, you're so tired and it's kind of a bummer and, you know, and I would, I would allow it to make me cranky. And then you taught me this principle. So I'm going to shut up now and you're going to talk about (laughs) why that's such a freeing principle. What is it about telling, giving our brains messages like that? Yeah. How does that work? We do have these sensations. I call them sensations in the body. Like fatigue is a sensation. Hunger Mm -hmm. is a sensation. So I, I'm not saying that it's not real, right. you know, that it's all in your head, that you're tired. I think we genuinely get tired and we genuinely feel these sensations that, that are our bodies trying to tell us we need something. Mm-hmm. But then we have the way we think about that sensation that we're experiencing. Right. And that, the way we think about it creates our emotions. Mm-hmm. So sensations start in the body and they tell our brain something, whereas emotions start in the brain And then the brain usually sends it to the body in some form. So if I'm already having an uncomfortable sensation like fatigue, Mm -hmm. you would say, and then I start thinking a thought like, poor me, this is so hard. I just can't, this is why I can't get ahead or Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? all these kinds of self-pity thoughts. Mm -hmm. Then we start, now we have fatigue and self-pity as the emotion, which feels worse than just (laughs) fatigue. And so, yeah, I mean... You know, and we we empathize with each other, which is a healthy thing, right? Mm-hmm. To say, I'm sorry, that's so hard when you're tired. But I feel like what that turns into sometimes is that we don't even consider that there's any other options. I felt the right. same way as you when someone said to me, yeah, I just decide when I'm tired to think it's not a big deal. And I was like, what? <laughs> that's an option? Right. <laughs> I just hadn't even considered it. Right. And so to recognize that like, oh, I could... 
And not that I always do choose it, but it's right. it's an option. And then I'm just tired and I'm not filled with self-pity on top of it. Exactly. I mean, yeah. truly, how many times that, that I've said that to myself? Like, it's actually not that big of a deal to be tired. And I'll even say, I'm actually super good at being tired. Right. Or I'll tell my brain, we could take a, la- a nap right. later today. So you've just given me a different way to think about, and I like that you so explained fun. it as a sensation. Because... Yeah. Then I can get up and do my thing. And and right. then sometimes, because seriously, sometimes I wake up super early and my yeah. brain wants to tell me it's way too early to be awake. And I go, no, I'm actually really good at being tired. And now I'm going to go out and I'm going to have the house peaceful and quiet to myself and be super productive. It's going to be fun. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. Okay, so number two. That was number one. Okay. It's not a big deal to be tired. Yeah. Number two is this idea of you don't have to. I'm going to put that in air quotes. You yeah. don't have to do mm. anything. Yes. Which I think for me as a mom who chooses to add a lot to her life, mm-hmm. then sometimes there are certain, right, where you go, oh, gosh, dang it, I have to make dinner. Yes. I have to run the carpool. Mm. I have to do that. So mm-hmm. take it away, Jody. Yeah. Well, so... It feels like a responsible thought sometimes Mm -hmm. or a righteous thought to say, well, I have to do this. I got to go. I have to pick the kids up. I have to make dinner. Um, But for most of us, it doesn't generate an energized feeling. It Mm. doesn't generate a useful feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, It just, it's sort of another self-pity type thought. And, um, you know, I've coached people who... um, you know, we, we kind of go through all the scenarios. Like, even if we think about our kids, right? Taking mm-hmm. care of our kids. You actually don't have to take care of those kids. <laughs> like, you, could, my, my teacher, Brooke Castillo, tells a story of realizing this when her two boys were young, that she's at the park playing with them. And she realizes, like, I could just leave them here. Like, <laughs> right. people do that, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it is an option. It is an option. Like, mm-hmm. and, and when you stop... And just allow yourself to recognize that truth. Mm-hmm. Then the next thought is, but I don't want to do that. Exactly. I actually want to take care of these kids <laughs> and I want to bring them home with me, mm-hmm. which is so much better. I had just one other story I'll tell you of a client who was kind of a perfectionist and did all the things, like you said, added a lot to her life. And it was like Thanksgiving and she was talking about, I have to make the rolls. And she sort of went through in her head, like, I don't have to make rolls, you right. know? Like, I can buy rolls or we could not have rolls. And and in the end, if you allow, if you don't shut all those down, like, no, that's bad. Mm-hmm. You just open your brain up to it. Then sometimes you do maybe decide not to do things. But many times you circle back around to, right. but I actually want to make these rolls. Right. Because they're better <laughs> when they're homemade. And then, yeah. I, and then I find that I then find more time. And yeah. you're right, it has given me, I've been pretty good at giving myself permission over the years, but it's just been an added tool, right? Mm-hmm. For me to say, no, wait a second. when Because it, it comes out automatically. Right. Oh my gosh, I have to. And then I go, no, I don't. I don't have to clean the bathroom. Right. It's fine if it's totally trashed. <laughs> and then, and maybe I'll leave it for a couple more days. And then uh-huh. That's I decide, right. actually, I really I do, want do like it when I just, and it doesn't take long. Like then, you know. Anyway, I come well, up and I will say that I'm pretty um, open-minded about, you know, like I notice my my kids aren't big eaters and they're sort of picky eaters and dinner time, mm-hmm. you know, is such a challenge and I don't love to cook. And mm-hmm. one day I realized like, we don't even have to eat dinner. Right. Like if nobody's hungry. Right. Why we are we like, but dinner it's dinner time. And go to the movie. 
Right. But it, I, like we have yeah. these yeah. these ideas in our heads about how life should be. I was just coaching a woman this morning actually whose son has some ADD and anxiety and and he's not turning in his assignments uh-huh. at school, right? And so we were just talking through why and is this really a problem? And in the end, she was like, he's, he doesn't turn them in, he says, because he already knows the material. And he's, he's getting good grades because he can get A's on the tests. Uh-huh. So I'm like, maybe he really doesn't need to turn those assignments in. Like, right. he's getting the grade. He's learning the material. Why are we so upset? Right. I, I, so again, not that that's the right answer for everybody, but, but when you let go of we have to do this just mm-hmm. because everybody says so or everyone around us does it, mm-hmm. then, then you get to create the life you really want yes. instead of the life you just thought you were supposed to have. Yes. <laughs> well, that's, that's what you've done for me is I just feel like so much, um, yeah, you've allowed me to just question my automatic thoughts so that I mm-hmm. can decide, yeah, what is it that I really want to think? What is yeah. it that I really want to do? Mm-hmm. And you've totally taught me that link between, right? Mm-hmm. I, I very often start with do and I have to back it up and say, yeah. well, in order to do that, I need to feel a certain way. I need to feel more confident mm-hmm. to make that happen. So what's the thought I have to have to feel more confident? You yes. know what I mean? So I back it up from there and it's That's just right. been, it's been game changing. So awesome. Okay, that that kind of leads us into the next one. Um, my the next one is, and you'll say this better than me, but um, making peace with the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Because my brain likes to give me all the reasons that yes. I should be totally afraid of doing something. Yes, I'm a dork. I don't know how to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm too old. Right. You know, whatever it is. And yeah. So what if, like, I don't know, you, you explain it better than me. Well, no, but. you're, that's exactly right. I mean, that is what the brain does because mm-hmm. it's trying to protect us, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, let's imagine all the things that could go wrong so we can try to avoid that or prevent it in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, except that it does, doesn't exactly work that way. But, and you being so creative, your brain probably is creative too about like, what could go wrong? <laughs> like true. I always say, worry, yeah. worry is just a misuse of your imagination. That's my favorite quote. Yeah. I, I don't know who I said it originally. It was not me. Oh, wasn't you? Okay. No. Well, I'm attributing it to you because yeah. that's where I heard I, it. I think it was Eckhart Tolle or somebody. <laughs> oh, okay. But anyway, but you're so imaginative, right? So, yeah. and that is sort of the tendency. So I used to, like you said, sort of go back and forth between like, well, is this going to go wrong? Like, we have coronavirus right now, right? right, the, right. the brain's like, what could go, how terrible could this get? Mm-hmm. And we wrestle with, no, it probably won't. Maybe it will. And this channel is saying this, and this person is saying that. Mm-hmm. And so um, where I find the most peace is, like you said, if I can make peace with the worst case scenario. Like, let's just say that my daughter gets coronavirus. Yeah. So the What's worst thing, here's, here's the truth. Yeah. <clears throat> The worst thing that can ever happen for any of us is a negative emotion. Mm. Okay, so if my child gets the coronavirus Mm -hmm. and gets really sick or even dies, Mm -hmm. like we all have our beliefs about what happens after we die, but my belief is that she would be fine Mm -hmm. and eventually I would see her again, but it would be terribly hard because of all the negative emotion I would feel. Right. That's the, that's the worst thing that can happen ever in right. any situation is a negative emotion. So when we play that out and we recognize, okay, so I'm creating a lot of negative emotion right now mm-hmm. in the form of worry and stress and mm-hmm. panic over something that hasn't even happened right. in the name of 
one day I might experience negative emotion. Mm -hmm. And the negative emotion that we experience in a tragedy like that is actually a really useful cleansing, like part of the human experience type of pain. Whereas this worry, panic, negative emotion Mm. is not necessary. It doesn't actually prevent anything. And Mm -hmm. so that's usually worst case scenario. Now I, I will sometimes like, you know, my brain will go to like, because my entire business is an online business and we support our family with it. And my brain's like, what if something happens? What if like they shut the internet down or, you know? Right. And so the worst case scenario, what if I lose my job and my means of supporting my family? Worst case scenario, well then I'll go get another job or I'll create another business. So that's how I get to peace rather than, no, that probably won't happen. Right. Instead of trying to talk yourself out of it, just go to that place of, well, guess then I would probably deal with it. Like I would find someone to help me or... That's right. Yeah. And again, the worst part of all that would be the emotions I would create along the way. The Mm -hmm. stress and the worry and the Mm -hmm. anxiety, which is optional, but maybe I would still create it Mm -hmm. and that would be okay because I'm creating it right now anyway. Listen, go (laughs) go right now. You can stop right now and just pull up Jodi's podcast and listen to the rest of this later because because seriously, she's going to talk to you about because you good pain and clean pain and and dirty dirty pain pain and the difference and how... That, again, see, and even just sitting there, I'm like, oh, wait, that should have maybe been on my list. But we do create unnecessary pain for ourselves. And that feeling of making peace with the worst case scenario, when I've done that, then I just have this sense of, like, relief. Like, Hmm. yeah, you know what? I've done crazy stuff in my life. I'm sure I would figure it out. That's right. So, anyway. That's right. Okay, so just a couple of more... um, My husband the other night, where were we? Oh, we were visiting with a family who actually did lose their son mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we we said to each other the things that we wouldn't say when we went in their house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of the things that would be not very comforting. Yeah. <laughs> so we kind of looked at each other and said, well, what are we going to say? <laughs> yeah, that's right. But anyway, we had a really nice visit and um, in the end. But at one point, he was just talking about... Um, you know, the, like like the human experience. I heard him. This is what I'm trying to say. I heard him say things that he's heard me say that mm-hmm. I say because I listen oh, to you. Oh, that's awesome. And one of the things that came out was just that life is 50-50. Mm. It's not supposed to be that's great right. all of the time. And I do think because of the internet and particularly social media, we get the idea that it's supposed to be mm-hmm. party 24-7. That's right. And it's really not. So anyway, I love that idea. Yeah. And we have a lot of ways to sort of throw the balance more in our favor that may so. or may not be healthy. Oh, I you know, because I feel like I can throw it the other way. Maybe yeah. anyway. Well, and, it, and some say. of them are healthy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there, you know, there's lots of what I call buffers available. Oh, yeah. Where like, I mean, we don't have to endure very much discomfort. Like even you just think about the way we live. Like if we're a little cold, we just turn the heat up a little. And if we're a little hot, we just turn the <laughs> air conditioning up a little. Like I do. Yeah. We, we don't have to tolerate very much discomfort. And right. so and so we're not as good at it, mm-hmm. I think. And I'm okay with like I like to make myself as comfortable physically and emotionally as possible, but that's really not I don't think what the human experience was designed to be. Mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a complete, you know, you have to have the contrast of mm-hmm. the of the hard to even recognize the good. Exactly. And yeah. And when you make peace with that, then it's sort of back to what you were talking about earlier. It's like being tired. Yeah. Being tired doesn't feel good, 
But I can be mad about being tired. Right. And now I'm throwing the balance in the negative side. Yeah. Or I can just be tired. So it's funny. I guess all three of my things are kind of they the same. They all go together, interestingly <laughs> enough. Oh, we're revealing something What about- does this tell us about you, Stacey? <laughs> all kinds of things. That's so funny. Um, I just had a thought, and I just left me that fast. Oh, oh you shit. have to interrupt me when I talk too long. No, 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 no. No, you didn't talk too long at all. Okay. Now, for me... Um, in the last couple of years, so I think most of my listeners know I had a business and I sold it a number of years ago and I just kept saying to myself, I, 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 I want to retire. Mm-hmm. Well, then after a while, I decided maybe I didn't want to be retired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe I retired a little too soon. But then my brain was just giving me all this stuff. Mm. So, um, and I was making it hard and then it was all the things that we've been talking about. But mm-hmm. one of the things that you have taught me also is, um, you don't have to figure out what the end is going to look like, mm. right? Tell me yeah. if I'm saying this right. Yeah. But just kind of what's the next right thing. And this is something I love to teach to, to just people who I teach classes to, you know, creatively and projects and yeah. stuff like that. What's the next thing? Like, what are you going to do in the next 15 minutes yes. that's going to move you towards that ultimate goal. You don't have to know all the details. So That's right. To that one last thing. I just have to say, did you see Frozen 2? I did. Because Anna sings a song about that. Oh, Just do yes. the next right thing. You're like right. when she's in the depths of that depression. Yes. And... That's partly where it comes from is that our brains naturally do this when there's a crisis. So mm-hmm. if I'm in a car and another car starts heading towards me and I'm, I realize we're going to get an accident, my brain automatically just zooms in on the next second even. Oh. Like, how am I going to get myself right. safe? Right? Automatically. Like, I stop worrying about what we're going to have for dinner and what my kids said and like, zoom, right, right there. Yeah. And so our brains have the ability to do that. And then our lens length can get longer, and it should at times, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's a, a human thing that we can think about the future. But when we don't know, whether it be a problem that we're trying to solve or a goal we're trying to achieve, when we don't know what's ahead, mm-hmm. to zoom it back in like that, the brain is, I feel like, less scared even because mm-hmm. we just want to know what to expect, right? Like, what what is the challenge I'm going to have to deal with or what is the next step and, and how's it going to go? Is it going to work? Mm-hmm. Right? Is my project going to turn out right? Right. And so if you can just take the next step and not worry about what am I going to do after that. Right. Because sort of when you take you the next move. step, you'll know the next step sometimes. Yes. Fellow coach friend of mine, she calls it how greed. Oh. Like we get so greedy with just wanting to know how, how am I going to get there? How is this going to work? Yeah. And, um, and it stops us. Yeah. From moving forward. So I love, yeah, like you said, you just take the next step and that's when you, the other analogy I like to use is like walking into a dark movie theater when the movie's already started and we can stand out in the hall and say, but where am I going to sit? Where are their seats? Right. But we're not going to know that until we walk in and Uh let our eyes adjust. Yeah. And then we can see the seat. And it's sort of like that with the project. You just, oh, you got to cool. walk in that theater. I, I, I don't know the answer even right. until you get there. Well, and I think sometimes trying to figure out, having how greed and trying to figure it out, you limit yourself creatively because you might yeah. get three steps down the road and go, oh, wait a second. That's right. This, this might be a better way to go. And sometimes right. if you're too married to your detailed plan, your agenda, then you're going to miss some really fun side street, you know, that would... And you set yourself up for disappointment too, because mm. 
that's our life in general, right? Like we think we know how our kids are going to turn out mm-hmm. and how our marriage is going to be and all of it. And and <laughs> no, if you're open don't. to like, what's next? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot less disappointing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Well, already see time is going, it's all going right. fast. But so this is what I do at the end. Well, first of all, what else do you want to say? Anything? I, I just like, I'm such a fan of yours. Oh, and stop I, it. I, Seriously. I love like... Your creativity and your positive energy, and I, I appreciate you having me on. And oh my I love gosh. your program. Oh my it's gosh. It's been fun. Well, I love your program. I should say that, and I will say it twice, and I'll put all the links in the show notes, as if anyone ever goes to the show notes. But I am in your program called Be Bold. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's just my mental health. Like, I just put it in that column. Thank you. <laughs> because it has been, it's just, I just don't question it anymore, because it's yeah. been so helpful. And okay. honestly... To be, because I don't want someone to look at your program and think, well, maybe I don't have time or, you know, I I have actually never been coached by you, but in your program, so I log in, it's a membership site, right? Mm -hmm. And I log in and I'm able to watch you a couple times a week Mm -hmm. coach other people. Like that's all I've ever done in your program and it's freaking changed my life. Yes. And a lot of people are that way and we actually... Uh, next week are launching a podcast feed. So all the call replays will be in your podcast oh, feed for members only. For members only. Yeah. Oh, yeah that's it's a sweet. private podcast. So that'll just make it more convenient to listen okay. to coaching. Yeah, except stuff, I so. like to see you. I like yeah, see I like to you're doing videos. your hair that day and what you're wearing and all that cute stuff. Perfect. <laughs> You'll still have that too. I'm very visual. <laughs> okay, so at the end of my podcast, I have a couple of things that I do. Number one, I call it People, Places, Things. So just tell us what person, place, or thing has your attention right now. It can be business-related or not. Let's see. People, um, I got to go last week to LA and see Oprah. (gasps) And it was amazing. Part of the the whole 2020 She's on her 2020 tour. I think she just finished it up. Oh, uh, I, I went to one of the last shows. So I've been thinking a lot about her. She's, I mean, obviously she's amazing, but yeah. um, I really enjoyed her storytelling. The way she tells mm. her personal stories about, mm-hmm. you know, her childhood and her business and all of it and in such an inspiring way. And yeah. I don't know, I've just been thinking about Oprah lately for some reason. Wow. I don't it's know if that's thing. the right answer. I should have said my kids, right? No, no. <laughs> Not when you can think about Oprah. Why would you think about kids when you can think about Oprah? Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. Um, oh, place. Yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, you can do You don't have to do all of them. Oh, we just do you one. Can, you can just do one. But do you oh. have a place? Yeah, I have a place too. Okay. Let's do Because it. <laughs> I just went to Disneyland. Okay. With my girlfriends, like a bunch of middle-aged moms at it. Disneyland. And it was amazing. And then I'm going to be taking my kids there next week for the first time. None of my kids have ever been. (gasps) So the whole time I was just like, oh, they're going to love this. And they're going to be crying. And it's not going to be the same experience (laughs) for me. But that's where my head is at right now. I'm still Uh, at Disneyland. So Just promise you'll stop on Main Street where they pipe out the cinnamon smell. And just (sighs) tell them, look. This is not actually cinnamon rolls, but they're helping. It's just just creating an idyllic experience for you. Disney. Nobody does it like Disney. No. And I'll have to tell you, I actually went to a Disney leadership thing once. I have all these crazy facts about like how often they, they, what's it called when you 
clean well they clean their garbage cans i like because they're supposed to be perfect they can't I be bent up ugly garbage cans i noticed that it's everything all, is so clean they there. sandblast them that's what it's called they sandblast them every six weeks and wow. repaint their garbage cans i know it's just one that's of those amazing only for you only that's today. amazing i love it there okay last question okay last question is i jody moore have exactly enough time for you say it oh gosh <laughs> I have exactly enough time for anything I want to do. I, I really do believe that. So my, you know, some of the people that I know are always like, you're, oh, you just are so busy. People mm-hmm. are always telling me that I'm busy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have four kids, I have a business, but I really don't ever think that. Mm-hmm. I think I have an, exactly enough time for the things I want to do. It's about making choices. Mm-hmm. And I try to make those choices consciously. I've gotten a lot better in the last year at saying no mm-hmm. to things. Yeah. Um, and saying yes to the right things. Yeah. And I think I, I have an, exactly enough time for all the things I want to be doing right now in my life. And that will change. But time is my friend, I feel like. <laughs> time is my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Jody is my friend. Time is my friend. You're the best. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. You're awesome. There is so much power in the principles that Jody teaches. I think you know now why she is my coach Lombardi, right? She always brings me back to the basics so that I can execute on those fundamentals. You guys, we can do this. Life doesn't look like we think it should, and it will probably stay that way for several weeks or months, but we can exercise faith in true principles. We can do as Anna sings. We can go do the next right thing. We can absolutely distance ourselves socially and still draw together. Go practice healthy mental hygiene. Be the good that we all need. I love you. You're amazing. I'm grateful that you listen. I will be back next week with another episode of Exactly Enough Time. This season is going to be the start of something new. With every fiber of my being, I am going to make you the best football team that I can make you. And I'll try and I'll try again. And if I don't succeed the first time, I will try again.